Welcome to Stiefel's Sightlines Podcast, focusing each week on a topic or two important to investors. Well, greetings and welcome to the Sightlines Podcast. This is Michael O'Keefe, Stiefel's Chief Investment Officer. In this episode, basically I want to get into, um, you know, on one hand, the most recent inflation reports for the consumer and producer price indexes that came in cooler than uh, were expected and also uh, really in line with uh, or better than the Fed's 2% target. But in some ways, it's one uh, set of data that is reflective of what we've been experiencing as investors in 2023, where really the markets have been responding uh, both uh, positively and negatively through the year uh, to different kinds of data. And, you know, if you think about it, we've had, and take a look, we've had really three phases in uh, 2023, sort of a positive phase. uh, We'll get into the specifics for roughly the first half of the year, then a move down that was almost a correction, almost a 10% move down in the S&P 500, for example, and then recovery in the last couple weeks. So I want to get into kind of the drivers of that and when we sort of roll it all up, what things are looking at. So let's start with that um, first phase. So it was actually through the end of July. So think of it as the year to date, through the end of July, the S&P 500 returned over 20% 20% uh, through July 31st. And, you know, that was informed or sort of fueled in, in, a, in a good part uh, from two things. One was the economy was holding up better than expected. And usually that means earnings uh, uh, do, do decently. And, you know, basically there's sort of this hope that was sort of bubbling around as we saw the economy hold up much better than people expected. Um, and then the other thing that happened just at a high level is that inflation sort of progressively cooled uh, through that period. In fact, the consumer price index, index averaged 0.16% uh, per month uh, on average over the three months end of July. And that, that number is right, is very close to 0.17%, which is the monthly equivalent of the Fed's 2% target. So basically, inflation had cooled. Uh, down and had it continued there, it would have been like, hey, we're back to 2% and everybody would have celebrated that. Maybe the Fed could start to uh, cut rates. Now, of course, things are never uh, quite that clean. Inflation basically from there started to firm back up. Um, and and essentially uh, what, what, what we've seen is um, a move where inflation uh, is higher or has been higher, uh, let's say through the end of October, roughly. And anyway, the market uh, responded negatively. We had other things going on, of course. We had uh, the fact that the Fed wasn't cl- claiming victory, so they're signaling the possibility of more rate hikes. We had a downgrade by Fitch ratings, uh, downgrade in U.S. government debt. Um, I, I think a lot of that contributed to uh, market interest rates moving higher, so the 10-year Actually, the 10-year yield actually rose and got as high as 5% uh, in that period from the end of July um, uh, through October 27th is the date we're going to zoom in on because that, that's the time basically the ec- equity market is defined by the S&P 500 from the end of July to October 27th fell 9.9%, so almost 10%. 
Now, we ended that period um, in, in October with really mixed news. On one hand, earlier in the month, October 7th, Hamas invaded Israel, just a hor- horrible situation, uh, and that increased worries some on higher oil prices and that contributing to inflation. Uh, and that, again, was a very negative thing, is a very negative thing that's going on. Uh, then on October 26th, um, you know, putting that off to the side for a second, we saw something that was very positive, which was um, U.S. GDP, the first estimate for third quarter growth annualized, came in at almost 5%, 4.9%, which is just an astoundingly large number and much higher than people were expecting. And so this idea that we're experiencing a soft landing, meaning no uh, recession, um, is is something that people are kind of holding on to as a result of these positive uh, data points. Now, since the end of October, that date, October 27th, the markets have recovered. They're back up uh, nine and a, roughly 9.5% since then. Um, and, um, you know, basically we saw, for example... Uh, on November 1st, the Fed ending its last meeting and sort of becoming more balanced in its messaging. Uh, so an increased chance that there won't be further rate hikes. Uh, they're not saying that, f- that, that they're, they're done, but they're, you, know, you, you watch sort of the signals and how balanced things are. And they, they're just uh, adding to their narrative the possibility that they're done with rate hikes. Uh, we also saw, as I mentioned a moment ago, a, a a much better inflation report for the month of October reported in November where CPI, the headline uh, consumer price index was basically flat uh, in October and core CPI, which excludes food and energy was up 0.2%. The producer price index actually fell a half a percent. That's the headline. Again, both, both of these influenced by uh, lower energy prices, uh, but ultimately the core uh, which excludes food and energy, uh, was flat at 0%. So these are all data points saying, hey, inflation's cooling again. And in fact, the market reacted. The 10-year Treasury yield fell back to about 4.5%. And so, you know, again, we're not out of the woods by any stretch, but the market sort of took some relief with all that that was going on. Now, one thing I want to um, mention, which I've done before, is that the um, the market has been pretty concentrated, meaning that some bigger companies, especially those that are tech-oriented, um, have really been dominating the market performance. And uh, so, for example, there's an index called the New York Stock Exchange FANG Plus Index. It's up uh, basically 84% this year through November 15th. And a bunch of uh, companies in that index, I'll, I'll mention four, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, and NVIDIA, they make up uh, a 21% of the S&P 500, right? So the, their cap weighting in the S&P 500 means that they, together, those four stocks make up over uh, a fifth of the S&P. And, um, and then uh, essentially the S&P being up altogether 19% year to date, those four companies are contributing 90% of that performance. So think of it as, hey, if you're not invested um, with a fifth of your portfolio in those four stocks, it's going to be hard to keep up. And in fact, another way to look at it is we can look at what's called the equal weighted S&P 500, which takes every stock and gives it an equal weight rather than a capitalization weight. 
and basically that um, that index is up uh, 4.3% year-to-date through the middle of November. And so think of it as the stock, average stock, uh, or the stock's average return was a little over 4%. So again, a very focused market. That doesn't tend to um, always happen, right? There, there are times when that happens and times when it doesn't. Uh, and in fact, if anything, I'd say it means for people that are diversified, uh, there's a good value out there. It, it, it's sort of like there's a, there's a better valuation in companies other than these tech-oriented companies that have been driven uh, much, much higher uh, in this market environment. Anyway, listen, that's what I wanted to cover in this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Can't believe it's no, uh, November, uh, uh, mid-November or so. Um, so we just have a handful of episodes left in 2023, but we look forward uh, to speaking with you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks again for listening to Stiefel's Sightlines. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to automatically receive each week's podcast in your feed.